Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation. It's another day covering your Iowa Hawkeyes right here on the Locked On Sports Network. This is your host, Andrew Wade. And if you are listening to me on the podcast, you will not maybe understand this, but I am in my work outfit right now. It is partway through the day. I couldn't get this, uh, you know, this, this this podcast out to you earlier, so I apologize. My voice is also a little bit raspy. I had a lot of fun in Key West and um, definitely hurting and paying for it today. But anyways, we are going to be here breaking down everything for your Iowa Hawkeyes today, tomorrow, and Friday. And if you listen to our Monday episode, you know that Matt Vandenberg is no longer going to be joining us. He has a really cool opportunity to be doing something kind of similar um, with his wife, Laura, on the Believe Network. So make sure to check that out. Uh, Matt's always been a, a fantastic guest and a friend of the show. We do have another special guest who's going to be joining us every single Monday, breaking down Iowa football games. It is a former Iowa Hawkeye running back. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, that's going to be coming down every single Monday, just like we were doing with Monday mornings with Matt. We'll be having Monday morning recaps with this guy. I don't want to spoil it yet. We'll be uh, we'll be dropping all that news probably on Friday. On today's show, though, we're going to be talking about the press conference. Kirk Ferentz spoke to the media yesterday, gave a lot of really good information. We're also going to talk a little bit about AP rankings, um, why they matter, why they don't, and just how big of a deal this, this ranking is for Iowa. And also, where does the Big Ten stand? Is Iowa really the front runner of the West now? What did we learn from Wisconsin, Penn State? We haven't had a chance to cover that yet. Now, traditionally, we're already into our Iowa, Iowa State prep, but we just haven't had a chance to cover some of the things from last week. Um, that'll come next week as well. And then finally, talk a little bit about the depth chart and what Seth Wallace had to say. Um, and then a reminder that we have the Iowa basketball schedule coming out next or today at some point. So we'll be dropping that tomorrow, talking a little bit more about that. That is all on the show today. If you haven't done this already, though, make sure to check out the Locked On Podcast Ultimate Season Preview taking place August 30th through September 8th. Locked On's Ultimate Season Preview is taking you through every single team in every division in the NFL with the help of Odyssey's Ross Tucker and Jason Lockenfora. Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Tune in beginning August 30th. You can already do that. Get on it now. Listen to the show. It is awesome. Let's get into it, though. Let's talk about Iowa. Let's actually kick it off with the AP rankings. Iowa jumps up eight spots in the ranking to move to 10th. Iowa State drops a little bit. They are at ninth. A couple things here. AP rankings don't mean a lot. In fact, they really don't mean much. They just kind of give you an idea of where these teams are going to fall when the college football playoff rankings come out. So it's obviously better to be higher up than it is to be lower down. Um, and Iowa beating Indiana is a good win for them. It shows that this team is ready to play. Now, Indiana was not as crisp as I was expecting. Michael Penix Jr. definitely struggling a little bit, getting back into the flow of things. But that doesn't take away a single thing from Iowa, who also did not play a very crisp game. I felt like Iowa left a lot of points on the table. How they left a lot of things offensively to be wanting more of. Uh, we talked about it with Matt. We talked about drops. The two fumbles, that's uncharacteristic of Iowa. I thought Spencer Petrus actually played pretty well. And the line played pretty well considering they were a young, newly gelling offensive line. And Tyler Linderbaum was injured but is back and you know, be playing this upcoming week. So that is always good to see as well. Iowa State. They play an FCS team. They play Northern Iowa and barely beat Northern Iowa. But this is me telling you, do not sleep on Iowa State. This is a very, very good Iowa State team. And anyone who doesn't believe that hasn't been watching the last couple of years. 
Yes, you can make arguments saying, was Iowa State really that good last year? The Big 12 stunk. They beat a bad Oregon team in a New Year's Six Bowl. You can say that, but they also went to a New Year's Six Bowl. They have almost everyone returning from last year's team, and even the team before that. And Kirk Ferentz mentioned that as well. This is a very good team, and against a team like Northern Iowa, Iowa State typically struggles against these in-state teams. I don't know what it is about Northern Iowa. I don't know what it is about Drake. They were on the, you know, they were on the hook against Drake a couple of years ago. That was a scary game for them as well. They just don't play well in those games. I think it's a combination of several things. Probably overlooking those teams, not opening up the playbook. It can be tough. It can be tough when Iowa State is going up against those teams to really maximize what they want to do. And then having the first game of the season, you probably want to hide a few things that you're not going to show up against Iowa when they look at the game film. So I'm not sleeping on this Iowa State team, especially when you look at Iowa 10 years ago. They had to use two blocked field goals to beat Northern Iowa, and they go on and win to the Orange Bowl. Northern Iowa just does a good job of playing these teams. They do a great job. I bet on Northern Iowa to cover, and that doesn't mean that I think Iowa State's a bad team. It just means I really felt like that was a really good opportunity for me to take advantage of a line that was incorrectly showing Northern Iowa going to lose by 31 points. I thought there's no way, especially the way how Iowa State plays. Looking at the rest of the AP poll, Oklahoma falls two spots after losing to Tulane. Clemson falls three spots after losing to Georgia. Penn State jumps up eight spots to 11 after beating Wisconsin. And Wisconsin drops from 12 to 18. Wisconsin was a team that we were most concerned about from a Big Ten West perspective. And it makes sense. Wisconsin is going to be a good team. What I didn't like about Wisconsin, I didn't think Graham Mertz looked as crisp as I was anticipating. Last year, he dealt with some injuries, dealt with some COVID stuff. This year, I didn't think he actually looked that good. Now, to be fair, Penn State's defense, I thought, looked pretty solid. It's interesting when you look at a game like this and the first reaction is these offenses aren't good, these teams aren't good. Well, maybe these defenses are just pretty good. Wisconsin was expected to have a top 10 defense. Penn State traditionally does have a pretty good defense. I thought defensively both these teams played very well. I think Wisconsin left a lot to be desired. I was a little bit concerned about why Jalen Berger wasn't getting as many carries. And I didn't think their starting running back now did that good of a job. What this does give me hope of is I don't think Wisconsin is the team to beat anymore. I truly think it is Iowa. Now look at Minnesota. People are saying, well, Minnesota has a legitimate chance. Everyone has a legitimate chance if they went 1-0 or if they're not Illinois or Nebraska. But Minnesota, they, to me personally, got very lucky. They had some very good momentum-shifting plays. But ultimately, the better team won out against Ohio State. And now you can't judge Minnesota for losing to Ohio State by 14 However, I didn't think Minnesota's defense was good at all. They struggled significantly, and they lost their star running back. Tanner Morgan didn't do much to impress me, although I think Ohio State's zone defense was a bit weird. I didn't understand why they are running so much zone against Minnesota. To me, when Iowa plays Minnesota, one of the things they did against Indiana, they ran a bit more man. I think that allows Iowa, if they were to, do, were to do that, they could run a bit more man, and Tanner Morgan isn't going to pick apart that as much as he did against Ohio State's zone defense. Also, I think Iowa's zone defense is one of the best in the country. So, nevertheless, you look at Nebraska, until they stop hurting themselves and shooting themselves in the foot, Nebraska is not going to be a quality team. Illinois loses to UTSA. I think we know that this was going to be a rebuilding project. It was fun to see them beat Nebraska, but this is not a team that's going to win more than probably four games. And Northwestern, all right, they had a – I mean, they, they struggled against Michigan State. They had a nice little comeback towards the end. Wasn't overly impressed with Hunter Johnson, although he did pick it up towards the end. But Northwestern is not the same Northwestern that we were anticipating 
coming into the season. That was not a very good Michigan State team. And then finally, Purdue. Purdue had a solid game. Don't really know much about Purdue yet, but Purdue always scares me. It was actually the team that I predicted Iowa to lose to in this season uh, when they were I predicted, predicted them at 10-2. and two. So definitely interesting there. That's my thoughts. So I do think Iowa is the front runner for to win the Big Ten West. And this upcoming game, although it has zero impact on them winning the Big Ten West, is very important for the national perception of the Iowa Hawkeyes, which almost means just as much, right? If there is a scenario, or sorry, there, there could be a scenario where maybe Iowa makes the Big Ten championship game and they fall to Ohio State, but they went 12-0. and 0. They beat an Iowa State team that goes 11-1 and 1 or 10-2. and 2. There's a chance Iowa maybe does make the college ball playoff. Very, very slim. Requires a lot of different nuances and things to happen. But you still – this is a big game for Iowa from a national perspective. But Big Ten West-wise, um, I think I really liked what I saw in week one for the Iowa Hawkeyes' chances. Coming up on segment two, we're going to get into that uh, press conference with Kirk Ferentz, and we're going to wrap up with some talks about the depth chart. Before we get into any of that, though, I do – want to tell you about betonline.ag because it is that time of year again. All eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest. Open now at betonline.ag. So head over to that website or use your, you know, use your mobile device to sign up for a free account today, and you will get a one 100% welcome bonus when you do that. That's right, 100% welcome bonus at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And again, use that promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for a 100% welcome bonus at betonline.ag. And did you know that 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Is it really that surprising? The game is rigged against you. You are playing against thousands of other lineups, and not to mention experts who have more tools and more time. You don't stand a chance. Well, I want to tell you about Stat Hero. It is the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup you name your stakes winner take all you have the advantage stat hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time no one else does that so go to stathero.com slash locked on sign up for free and right now you can get three times back on your first play they're giving you a 300 match that's unheard of go to stathero.com slash locked on stathero.com slash locked on and let's get into it. Segment two, breaking down the press conference from Kirk Barron's. As always, love hearing from Kirk. He said several good things, several things we can kind of take and glean some more information from. I think the first thing we really want to cover is the fact that Charlie Jones is going to be healthy. When you look at this wide receiver core, people were a little bit concerned about how the wide receivers played in this past game. I mean, there were several drops. There was not the best or most open wide receivers. Like that was a bad way for it. The best, most open wide receivers, but overall Charlie Jones missing him would be a huge loss for the team. And we're going to get into some of the more advanced analytics of these, you know, of these guys and, and whatnot and how they performed um, based off of routes ran, but Charlie Jones, we absolutely do need him in the game. When you look at how many snaps he played, he played 23 passing snaps. Tyrone Tracy played 31. 
Nico Regani only played 18. So Charlie Jones is on the field more than every wide receiver except for Tyrone Tracy Jr. Him being injured would be a significant blow in that aspect and in the punt return aspect where Charlie Jones, again, had a phenomenal day. I thought punt return-wise, he did a really good job of picking it up and getting Iowa some extra yards. But he is healthy. Kyler shot the only one that was not able to practice and expected not to play against Iowa State. But again, I was very impressed with what we saw from that offensive line for the most part. And we'll get into a lot of that on tomorrow's episode, um, but very good nonetheless. He mentioned a lot about Iowa State's defense. And if you don't know, Iowa State plays a 3-3-5 defense and has traditionally had one of the best defenses in the Big 12. They have a very strong secondary. So when you look at why Iowa struggled against Indiana, you first need to look at what was Indiana doing to Iowa? I thought Indiana, sec Indiana secondary is one of the best secondaries in the nation, and Iowa State is right up there. So these are tough tests for Iowa's passing game. But when you have a 3-3-5, it leaves up a little opportunity from a rushing attack perspective. Iowa might be able to establish a better running game against, you know, against Iowa State. Indiana, they have that big run, and then from there it was a little bit more of a struggle. But Iowa State, they're going to need to establish that running game against that 3-3-5 as Iowa State maybe tries to crowd the box and it opens up a few more things from a passing perspective. But he did say when asked about the 3-3-5, he said, it's not easy, but we have plenty of film. The good news is we can see most of their players on film. We have a good idea who is going to be there. Not always, not always sure what exactly they're going to be or what they're going to do, but they're going to be well coached and they're going to play hard. He mentioned that one thing, though. We know all these guys on film. Iowa State returns so many starters. These are guys that Iowa has seen for the last two years. There is so much game film, so there's not as much that you can be surprised about this early on in the season. Whereas Iowa, and he also mentioned this as well, Iowa has a lot of guys who haven't played in this game, who Iowa State hasn't seen. He said, it just so happens right now that both of us have teams that have had some success. The big difference is that you look at our game from last time. There's a lot of guys on that film in their red uniforms that are still there. A lot of guys in our white uniforms that weren't there. So that's probably the biggest difference, but they've done a great job and they've got a really good football team right now. We have our hands full. I know that. So again, not taking Iowa State lightly, but also appreciating the advantage that this actually created. Iowa is such a young team. A lot of these guys haven't played in that game or they didn't play significant minutes. Iowa State doesn't have as much on film as you would expect. I think Brian Barron has done a really phenomenal job of adding in unique wrinkles to the game plan as well. I mean, look at that Spencer Petras drop. We did not see that last year. That gives that makes Iowa State have to respect what Spencer Petras can do. He is not the fastest guy. He's not going to win a 40-yard dash contest against a lot of people. But the fact that he's able to do that, take that draw and go right into the end zone, that was huge. He's a big guy. When he gets going, he is like a Nate Stanley. That is something they have to watch out for on tape. We also saw the QB sneaks several times and it worked again because that's what Iowa does well. Iowa State has to respect that. We even saw a quick snap QB sneak, which I thought was really awesome. They were not ready for that. Iowa State has to respect that. But these are things they're just starting to see on tape. And I better, I'd be willing to bet that Brian Ferentz has a few more things up his sleeve going up against an Iowa State team that is pretty familiar with this team overall. And he said, around Iowa State's defense, defensively, again, it's a very unique preparation. They played good defense. Basically, once they got settled and quite got established, they've been playing really good defense for quite a while in a conference that maybe is not known for that. So he said that's really what has separated Iowa State is their defensive energy. And again, I, I think Iowa's offense is going to look better than they did against Indiana. Indiana has a very strong defense. So does Iowa State. But we know what to expect from Iowa State a little bit more. Indiana had almost an entirely new defensive line. 
They had additional one, you know, one new starter in the secondary, and we haven't played them in a while. So it does make it a little bit difficult. Moving on, he also, again, said everyone practiced this week except for Kyler Schott for the most part. A few guys who weren't on the two deeps who didn't practice, uh, but nevertheless, not too concerning there. On the fumbles and penalties, he said, I mentioned that a negative and a positive compared to a year ago, we were a lot better penalty-wise. But there's just a lot of little teaching things on that tape that you try to simulate things in scrimmage and what have you. It's just still not the same because you don't know how, especially inexperienced players, are going to react when it is game time where it counts and everybody's watching. That includes fumbles, includes penalties, and it includes drops. We saw a couple of younger guys drop the football, and we're going to talk again about that tomorrow. I um, want to talk a little bit more because there was a lot of concern about the wide receivers. I don't think we are at a desperation level of, you got to get Arlen Bruce and Keegan Johnson in the game right now. If you don't, we're screwed. But there were definitely some concerning things that I saw on tape that Iowa needs to work out, especially from the drop perspective there were i believe looks like pff is only accounting for two drops i would argue there's probably three or four total jackson Ritter was a guy who i thought should have caught the ball when he was thrown his way um you know these are tough catches but nevertheless only accredited for two drops iowa does need to improve on that they need to improve on ball protection that one's concerning to me because tyler goodson has been in the offense now for three years ivory kelly martin has been in this program for a long time they both need to do a better job of holding on to the football. Now, again, Tyler Goodson's was interesting. As he was falling down, they ripped it out. That is, that's a tough play to be in. But nevertheless, you still have to be very focused. When you're going down, even more so trying to keep the ball in your arms, but not blaming him, just saying he's a little bit older guy. That is not an inexperienced thing. That is just something he needs to continue to work on. He also mentioned the D-line. He's very impressed with them. He said, I felt good about this going into the season. We've seen Zach play a lot of football for us, and he's a good player. I felt fairly confident that Noah would play well, that John Wagner would play well, Joe Evans, because those guys have been out there on the field before. But the other guys, I was really pleasantly, I don't want to say surprised, but I was pleased with what we saw, and I couldn't agree more. Defensive line definitely showed up. They did a great job of getting pressure. They did a good job of stopping the run, which I thought was really awesome to see. And we saw a lot of young guys get some playing time. We saw Lucas Van Ness record his first sack. We had 13 hurries in that game, um, which is phenomenal. They were on Michael Penix Jr. quite a bit. So we're going to talk a lot about that on tomorrow's show as well. Coming up on segment three, we're going to talk a little bit more about the depth chart and what Seth Wallace had to say about the game. Before we get into that, though, did you know that Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market today? If you didn't, it's because you haven't tried it and you haven't been listening to me. And believe me, you have to do this. When I went to Key West, I actually brought five Built Bars with me, ate all five of them because they're just so delicious, and I knew I would need some snacks occasionally. Built Bar, though, comes in nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited-time flavor. They have literally everything, for something for everyone, sweet, salty, fruity, you name it, they've got it. And all these bars are also incredibly good for you. Between 17 and 18 grams of protein, between 130 and 180 calories, four to five grams of sugar, and only four to five grams of net carbs. Nine amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Get your hands on them today by going to builtbar.com and using the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. All right, y'all, we are back for our third and our final segment of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Lockdown Sports Network. If you haven't done this already, if you're just listening to the podcast audio version of this, check out our YouTube version. It will get better. This is my first 
five or six episodes, it'll get a lot better. We're going to start showing some graphics. We're going to make this a very interactive experience. Maybe we can do some live sessions with some Q&As. But for now, you're just going to see my beautiful mug talking if you want to watch this on YouTube. It's going to get a lot better, though, and I'm really excited for the growth and the direction of the show. Anyways, before we took a break, I was telling you we're going to talk about the depth chart. Not a lot of changes on the depth chart, um, except for Mason Richmond firmly planted in at that number one spot. Last week's depth chart did not have Mason Richmond at number one. He ends up starting the game, and he played 60 snaps compared to Jack Plum's 10 snaps. Now, I don't I don't like to jump in and, and rag on guys. I think it's important, as I do my job, though, to be as objective as I possibly can. It's to be unbiased and give you the information you need to know and what my opinions are of what I'm seeing and not to allow things from previous years. And why I say that is Jack Plum is a guy who I did not think played very well last year. And so I personally felt like the ceiling of Mason Richmond was going to be higher. I thought Jack Plum struggled significantly with speed rushers. He struggled in pass protection, did a good job in run blocking, but did a really poor job in pass protection. So when I saw that Mason Richmond was starting, I got pretty excited. And the results basically proved me right to this point. One game in, Mason Richmond played pretty well. Still has a lot to work on from a pass protection perspective. But Jack Plum played 10 snaps. Now, not a huge sample size, but played 10 snaps and graded out as the worst offensive lineman for the Iowa Hawkeyes. That includes a lot of freshmen who got some playing time. Well, again, small sample size, but it goes to show you what I was trying to say kind of happened again. Had three snaps of pass blocking, allowed one hit in those three snaps. And again, Mason Richmond getting 60 snaps. It'll be interesting to see what that snap count looks like next week. And we're going to make sure we're tracking that consistently to show you where these guys are playing. And we'll be talking more about that snap count on tomorrow's episode as well, because there are several freshmen who got in the game. And I want to make sure we cover all that too. On the depth chart though, we also see the emergence of Aaron Bloom at place kicker. So Caleb Shudok, obviously going to be the starter, hits a couple field goals. Uh, we know he's going to be good. I think it's just a matter of time before national media realizes how good Caleb Shudok is. But Aaron Bloom clearly stepping up, being that number two kicker at this point. It's all going to be interesting once Iowa brings in their five-star kicker next year to see what happens because this is going to be a really big competition for the Hawks. They basically, We knew it was either Keith Duncan or Caleb Shudok the last couple of years. We knew it was Caleb Shudok this year. But what happens next? That was something I was paying attention to a little bit. Former walk-on linebacker Kyler Fisher as well. He's behind Seth Benson. It'll be interesting to see. Iowa's going to need their linebackers in this game. As in, or as Iowa State has several very good tight ends, Charlie Kohler is expected to be back. So Iowa is going to be playing more linebackers in this game than we traditionally see. What will be interesting is how does Iowa handle that? So you have Dane Belton, right? You have the 4 5 but Seth Wallace said we expect to see a lot more 4-3, or you should expect to see a lot more 4-3 because you have a guy like Justin Jacobs who can cover a Charlie Kohler. You need linebackers to cover those tight ends. Otherwise, you're mismatch in the running game. And because Iowa State's running game is so strong, you can't afford to worry about the coverage of those guys. You need to be able to handle it from a blocking perspective. So be on the lookout for that. Dane Belton snaps probably going down unless Iowa State tries to go three wide and one tight end. Um, but nevertheless, Justin Jacobs expecting to get a lot more playing time, and Kyler Fisher maybe could get into the game as well as a former walk-on. Then also with the punt returner position, Max Cooper makes the depth chart a punt returner. We basically saw Iowa, is interesting, we don't typically see this, but they added a backup long snapper, they added the backup punt returner and kick returner. Um, they show that Torrey Taylor is technically the backup holder, although probably not going to be holding much because we really want just focusing on the punting. Um, so that was definitely interesting to see that as well from a depth chart perspective. But overall, no other major movements. Um, some younger guys getting in there, but nothing too crazy at this point for the Iowa Hawkeyes. 
We are going to be talking a lot about this game the next two days. We want to talk about the PFF grades tomorrow. What are the analytics say? What are the advanced analytics say? And how does that um, play into what we saw from the game? And then we're going to get into storylines of Iowa versus Iowa State. What to expect? What is Iowa State going to be bringing, doing a full breakdown? There's no crossover episode this week with any Iowa State people. No one is returning my com- my my messages, my DMs, et cetera, which is neither here nor there. Uh, so I apologize for that. Definitely a different week from a football preparation standpoint with me being out this weekend. But next week, we'll be here every single weekday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And we have a very special guest joining us every Monday going forward to break down the previous day's Iowa football game. Former Iowa running back. I would love to hear who do you think it is? Make some guesses. I'll let you know on Friday's episode. Really, really excited for that. And if you haven't done this already, make sure to check out the Lockdown Bets podcast. Betting on your team doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Lockdown Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Lockdown Bets podcast brought to you by BetOnline.ag, wherever you get your podcast at. And that does do it for our show today. I appreciate you tuning in. I apologize for the delay. We'll have a show dropping early in the morning tomorrow. And if you are listening to this on a podcast platform, please make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. And give us that five-star review if you like it. If you haven't seen us on YouTube and you want to, check us out there as well. And subscribe so you can get YouTube TV or my YouTube shows sent directly to you. You can look at that and it'll let you know that you have a YouTube TV show to watch of the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast. Thank you all for tuning in though. Have a phenomenal Wednesday and as always, Hawkeye Nation, let's go Hawks.